Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. All right, so this year, we start off last week, we're talking about gratitude, right? And I think it's really good to be grateful to people around you and especially to God, because he has blessed us with so many abundance of things in our life. And so this is kind of the start of the year, January, you know, a lot of people are afraid to come to church because of COVID. A lot of people are watching online. There's people that we have that are in isolation because there's so much cases going around. And so I want to talk a little bit today about fear, right? Because I think that's really important for the time that we live in. And so the title I have for you is Fear Less. Not fearless. Fear less. All right? So here's a question to start off with. Can we be fearless? Can we be fearless? I don't think we can. I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think we can live completely without fear. Remember when you were a kid, your parents would always tell you, there's nothing to be afraid about. There's no monsters under the bed. You know, there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to be scared about. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to be afraid of. Right? That's what you were told as a kid. Anyone had that? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, here's what's true then as is true now. Just knowing that you should not be afraid does not eliminate your fears, right? Someone says, don't be afraid. It doesn't magically dissipate. Like, oh, it's gone now. Just because someone says, don't be afraid, does not mean that your fears disappear. Navigating a global pandemic has not been easy for all of us. There's plenty of fear to go around. As I said, people are scared even to come to church, to gather with other people. They want to sit at home and isolate. And so there's plenty of fear to go around. Fear is in no short supply right now. But I have good news for you because there is a way to fear less. That's what I want to talk to you about today. And that's amazing because even when there's something to be afraid of, we can still fear less. Now this might sound a bit odd because I said I don't think it's possible for us to be fearless. But hold on a second and we'll get somewhere. I want to share this thought with you and see how it comes out. So often as Christ followers and even as adults, you know, we've been told to be fearless. You should be fearless because you're a follower of Christ. So you should just have no fear in your life whatsoever. And I think that's impossible. And I'll explain why in a second. And even Jesus, if you want to be honest, even Jesus does not want us to be completely without fear as well. That's not what he talked about. But we can definitely live a life where we fear less. Right? And maybe you thought when you grow up as a child, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be big and strong. And there's nothing I'm going to be worried about. Nothing I'm going to be fearful of. I'm just going to be this Superman that's going to have no fear in my life at all. But as an adult, you begin to understand that there's certain areas in your life that you still have fear. Right? Fear actually is a good thing. Right? You say, why? Why is fear a good thing? Because here's the thing. Fear has kept us away from certain things that we should not have been involved in. 
Fear kept you away, right? You didn't want to get involved in that, and so you stayed away. Fear has kept us safe in certain situations. Fear has helped us not let people down, like our boss. You know, you're fearful of your boss, so you keep your project on time. You're fearful of disappointing your spouse, so you don't cheat on them. You're fearful of disappointing your parents, so you do good things to help them and be present in their life, and I'm not absent in their life. You're fearful of, of letting other people down, so you don't do that. There's a fear of failure which has helped you succeed, right? You don't want to end up a failure, so you put extra effort in. Let me tell you, if you've ever got a speeding ticket, right? Fear is a good thing because you're fearful of getting another ticket or depleting your bank account, so fear has kept you in line. (laughs) So fear could be a good thing. For me, fear has kept me from breaking more bones. Because one time I thought I was a superhero, right? (laughs) Literally. I thought I could jump off a whole flight of stairs and land at the bottom like Spider-Man. Maybe I was auditioning for the new Spider-Man movie, whatever it may be. But I convinced myself that I could do this this amazing feat of jumping down a flight of stairs like from the roof down there. Of course, after trying it and breaking my bones and shattering my ankle, I realized that's not possible. So five screws later and three surgeries later, I'm a bit more fearful of doing stupid things and breaking more bones. So fear has kept me from breaking less bones. So we can see that we don't want and we cannot actually eliminate fear from our lives completely because fear is a good thing. We can't be fearless, but we can fear less. And we wouldn't want to eliminate fear because there's many different things fear actually brings into our life. Another reason we don't want to eliminate fear is because fear is a byproduct. Fear is a byproduct of imagination. Did you know that? And imagination is an amazing, mighty ability that we have been given in our life. To be able to project into the future and remember your past. Right? And God has given us this greatest of all gifts, the ability to remember our past, even in the way, way, way back past. A lot of people think that every creature has this, but no, human beings are the only creature that God has created that has the ability to look into their past and project into their future. And that's what imagination is. So based on our experiences of the past, whether it was bad or good, we can project into the future and think, I don't want that bad experience I've had to follow me into the future, so I'm going to make changes in my life, and you imagine a better future because of the fear of the past mistakes. Imagination is why we have the ability to have hope, to dream, to plan, and to anticipate. That's what imagination is in our life. It gives us this amazing ability. And it, what, this is what enables us to actually project. Right? And so when you think about it, fear, a byproduct of imagination, helps us become creative and plan a better future. And none of us, I believe none of us would trade our ability to plan, 
to anticipate, to hope, to believe in greater things, to completely eliminate fear. None of us would take that trade. Do you want, imagine a world where there's no hope. Imagine a world where you cannot dream a better future. Imagine a, a world where you don't have any anticipation of good things to eliminate fear. I don't think any of us would trade that. Because what is fear? Fear is imagining what might happen and how bad it could be. Right? Fear is imagining what might happen and how bad it could be. Imagining if that relationship doesn't go anywhere, if that's the right person, and if you end up with the wrong person, how bad it could be. Or maybe fear of losing a good job. You know, I've studied this and I've graduated university and I want this best, the best job. I really want to lean into this area. What would my life be like if I didn't get that job? Have I wasted all my time? What about getting involved in certain activities that you think, maybe if I head down this path, that'll actually lead me to success. And if I invest a bit more time there, maybe in a few years, I'll achieve the success I want. That's the imagination that comes, which is a byproduct of fear. So fear is tied to some of the greatest abilities we do have. And we do not want to eliminate fear, but we can fear less. So let's look into scripture to help us overcome fear, because all of us want to fear less. Right? We don't want to live a life dominated by fear. And so, in particular, when we look into the scriptures, we want to look at Jesus for him to help us understand how to wrestle with fear. And when we do look at what he says, it really feels like he does not give us the whole picture. At least on the surface. Right? It doesn't look like Jesus has a whole lot to say about fear. There's no 10-step guide of how to get rid of fear from your life. Jesus didn't teach um, a bunch of sermons on eliminating fear. If Jesus was around and you asked him, Jesus, what do you have to say about fear? You know what he would say? Fear less. <laughs> That's what he would say. He'd say, fear not. That's what he would say in the scriptures, right? Or maybe three words, don't be afraid. That's all he said. But you're like, hold on, can you elaborate a little bit more than just don't be afraid? Because that's great, don't be afraid, but how do I do that? Give me some tips. In fact, if you look in the scripture, there's about 365 scriptures that deal with the phrase, do not be afraid. One scripture for every day of the year. And you can read through them from the start to the finish. And that's awesome. It's like God planned that already. So you can read a new scripture every day of your life for the year. And it says, do not be afraid. All right. That's amazing. Wow. Awesome. Let me read that. But how do you actually do it? Right. As I said before, saying don't be afraid does not eliminate fears. Right? I can say don't be afraid of that massive line that's about to chew your head off. Will you walk right in and go, okay, well, I'm, fear's gone. That's just gone right now. Thank you for telling me because I didn't know that before. I'm glad you're here to tell me these things because fear's just gone. No, just knowing it does not eliminate fear. Right? And when you look into the Gospels as to what Jesus said about fear, 
it's kind of amazing. Right? So this is how he talks off, and he starts this talk, and I think he might have had a big smile on his face when he said this. All right? And this is what he says. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body. Right? It's in Matthew. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body. And you're thinking, what do you mean? Don't be afraid that kill the body. That's like everything, right? If you kill the body, you've killed everything. It's not like, oh, you just killed my body. I'm really fine right now. Right? You've just taken everything away. You've killed my body. You've killed me. I won't survive if you've killed my body. It's not like I can go on. It's not the, it's not the Titanic. I'll move on. I'll sim- <laughs> Life will go on. You've just killed me. But that's what he says. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body. What do you mean, Jesus? But then he continues on. And he says, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid. So there's something we are supposed to be afraid of. He says, rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. Don't be afraid of the one who can kill just your body, but be afraid of the one who can kill both soul and body. What are you talking about, Jesus? Twice now you've said, don't be afraid. Or be afraid. Right? Be afraid of this. Be afraid of that. You're not saying, don't be afraid. What are you really talking about? And he says this, it's... It's amazing when you actually put it in perspective and lean a little bit into it. It says, don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And then he continues and he expands that thought because he wants us to understand and he wants his listeners to understand the gravity of what he's trying to communicate. Right? There is a greater thought behind what he's communicating. So he continues on and he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? You're probably going, mm, I don't know. Are they? <laughs> Apparently they were. Yet not one of them falls to the ground outside your father's care. Right? And you're still thinking, what's the point? Right? And he's continuing on. And even the very hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. You just told me, Jesus, be afraid of the one who can kill my body. Be afraid of the one who can kill my soul and my body. And now you're telling me, don't be afraid. I'm a bit confused. What do you mean? But this is what he's communicating. What's the message? What's the point? He's saying, God cares for you. Your heavenly father cares for you. He cares so much about sparrows. Are sparrows really important in your life? How, when was the last time you had a, a mystical encounter with a sparrow? Anyone put your hand up? You had a great experience with a sparrow? Sparrows came into your life and brought you some meaning. They just live out there. They, good, they you know, do their little birdie things. They live, they die. You don't even know, you're not even aware of it, but God is aware of it. God knows every single sparrow. Why is that important? Why is that important to you? That God knows how many sparrows live and breathe and die. Why is it important that 
He knows every hair on your head. And you have to understand the, the, the expansion in the Greek. He's not talking about numbering every hair. He's talking about every time a hair grows. He knows which hair grew first and which hair grew last on your head. Why is that relevant? Do you know which your hair grew first on your head and which grew last? You don't know, but he does. Why is that important? He's trying to communicate. God cares so much about you. He knows every single intricate, minute, little detail of your life because he cares for you. He cares about you. Your heavenly father cares about every single thing in your life, whether it's big or small. He cares immensely for you. That's what Jesus is talking about. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to be fearful because God has your life in his care. God is taking care of you. He has you in mind. He knows all about you. And he demonstrates his great care and love for you. So even then when you go through the storms, even when you go through the difficult seasons of your life, Jesus is with you. You don't have to be afraid. You can fear less. Because God is with you. Now, Jesus was not just an oratory teacher. He was also a visual teacher. Right? Do you remember the time where the disciples and Jesus, they got on a boat and they went across the sea? Right? And then all of a sudden this massive storm came along. And it was huge, and the disciples were so scared because they looked at the size of the storm, and they thought, surely we're going to perish in the storm. And I, they, it must have been a massive storm because some of them were fishermen, right? They would have to know how to swim, but they feared the size of this massive storm. They thought it would capsize the boat, they would drown, that would be the end of their life. They were so fearful. And then they looked around and like, where's Jesus? <laughs> That's where some of you are right now, right? Jesus was sleeping in the bow of the boat. Some of us in that situation right now, because there's a storm going on in our life, and we're wondering, where's Jesus? Is he sleeping? Is he not aware? Is he disconnected from me? Where's Jesus in my storm? They were afraid. They were frightened. They were fearful. And then they decided to do something brilliant. They went and woke up Jesus. Like, anyone can solve this issue. Let's get him awake. So they woke him up. Jesus stood up. You know what he did, right? He rebuked the winds, the waves, and the storm became completely calm. There was no more storm. It was just a calm sea. And he says to them, where's your faith? But then they say, what kind of man is this? Right? What kind of man is this that he speaks the wind and the storm? What kind of man is this that he speaks to nature and nature obeys? What kind of man is this that even the very weather of the world obeys him? What kind of man is this? See, God has the ability to control everything around us. Even when it feels like we're in the middle of the storm, God's able to do that. In the midst of all of what was happening... There's a who that can calm our storm. 
In the middle of all that is going on around us. And that's what Jesus wants them to know. And he wants us to know the same thing. In the midst of every storm of our life, every season that we're in, no matter how massive the storm is, there is a who that can calm our storms. He wanted them to stop focusing on the what and turn their attention to the who. Who was with them. See, we don't have to fear the storm when we recognize the one who has the ability to eliminate the storm is with us. We don't have to fear the storm when we recognize the one who has the ability to eliminate the storm is with us. So the message that Jesus was trying to communicate visually through all of this scenario is that they need to stop focusing on what can destroy them and lean into the one who can calm the storm. Stop worrying about stuff out there and recognize who's on your boat. Stop worrying about the size of the storm and look at who is with you. So it's not the presence of the storm that we need to fear. It's who is with us in the storm that's important. Who is with us and not who's out there. To fear less, to be fearless is the complete elimination of fear and that's impossible. But the presence of God with us causes us to fear less. Right? And we, we can feel less when we know that He's with us. In our ups and our downs and our good seasons and our bad seasons, to all the difficult seasons of our life, no matter how massive the storm is, God is with us. He cares for us. He's invested in us. He's going to see us through the difficult seasons of our life. And that's what we need to recognize. And when we recognize that God is with us, we don't have to be fearful of everything out there because we have the one who can eliminate fear with us. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach them. And that's what he's trying to teach us. Because there's always going to be something for us to fear. There's always going to be something new that's going to come along that we're going to be frightened of. Many people don't want to come to church because they're fearful of the virus. But yet they forget that Jesus is with us. God is with us. And we can fear less when he is with us. The disciples were out in that storm, did you think that Jesus did not know there was going to be a storm? Did you think that he just said, well, I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm just going to chill out here. No, he was aware. He took them out in the middle of the lake. It was his idea because he knew what was going to happen. Because you see, Jesus wanted to visually show them that no matter how massive that storm is, if Jesus is in their boat, everything is going to be okay. And if no matter how much storm you have in your life, if Jesus is on your boat, it will be okay. You can fear less. Even though there's something to be fearful of, you can fear less. And Jesus was not showing off. You know, there was no one around apart from them. It wasn't some massive audience for him to display his power and glory right there. It was just his 12 disciples and some other people on the boat. But he calmed the storm because he wanted them to understand. Stop focusing on the size of what's going on around you and lean into the one who is with you. (laughs) 
see, the someone replaced the something. This is how you don't become or not fear less in your life, but you live with less fear, is when you recognize there's a someone with you rather than the something or somewhat out there. When their faith in someone exceeded their fear of something, fear lost its grip. Right? When their, when their faith in someone exceeded their fear of something, fear lost its grip. And that's the same thing for us as well. When your faith in someone exceeds your fear of something, you will also fear less. Fear will lose its stronghold or chokehold on you. When you begin to understand that the one who controls everything is with you, you will fear less. You don't have to live a life that's being ruled by fear. Right? And here's some, some important lessons for us to learn in life. If you spend time with fearful people, you will become fearful. If you spend time with people who are always worried or concerned or afraid of something, you will also, by osmosis, adopt their fear. So who are you spending time with will define your perspective on what you become fearful of. And the reverse is also true. Because if you spend time with people or Christ followers who have learned to lean upon God and rely on Him for strength and liberty, then you will also learn to lead that way by leaning on that example. Whoever you spend time with will often define your perspective. If people around you are going to speak into your ear, you will adopt their attitude, you'll adopt their mindset, you'll adopt the things that they have because you take it on. Whatever they are concerned about with, you are going to be concerned about with. So ask yourself, who are you hanging around? What are you picking up for them? Because fear is contagious. Fear feeds fear. Right? It's contagious. It's like a virus. Fear feeds fear. Build relationships with people and Christ followers who have learned to lean on Christ. Not gossip in your ear, not give you fearful thoughts, not cause you to be anxiety, have anxiety. Do you know if I talk about anxiety long enough, you'll have an anxiety attack? It's true. Because speaking about it, we take it on. It's interesting because in 2 Timothy, it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. Pause for a second and absorb that thought. God did not give us a spirit of fear, which means there is a spirit at work to cause you to be fearful. Right? To be afraid, to live under the chokehold of fear. But God didn't give us that spirit. In fact, He gave us something marvelous, right? He gave us power to overcome that fear. So we don't have to 
live under fear. We don't have to be afraid because the unknown is not unknown to him. The unknown to us is not unknown to him. So rest in his power, relax in his love, and allow your mind to exercise self-discipline of what he has given us. Let your thoughts think on these things. Focus in on who he is and not what the situation is. Focus in on what God can do for us and not what other things can do to destroy us. Because God cared for us. And when you learn to exercise your faith in him, fear will lose its power over your life and loosen the grip it has over you. And you will be able to fear less. So it naturally happens. You know, sometimes fear just jumps on us. You ever had a time where you're sitting there and suddenly you have fearful thoughts? Anxious thoughts? Where did that come from? You weren't even thinking about that, but all of a sudden, wham, you feel this over-sense feeling of fear and being overwhelmed and anxious. It's a spirit of fear that comes over you. But you don't have to accept it because God didn't give you that spirit, spirit of fear. He gave you power, love, and a sound mind, the ability to think, imagine, and know, and see. Because if you trust someone you don't have to focus on the something. If you trust Jesus, you don't have to worry about the danger that's out there. Paul put it this way. He says, don't be anxious about anything in Philippians. Don't be anxious about most things in your life. Don't be anxious about the things you can control. No, he says, don't be anxious about anything. Does that cover everything? Absolutely. It covers everything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, I love it. I love the language he uses here. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, on every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So what, what is Paul saying? Don't look at the stuff out there. Look at the God you have. That's what he's saying. Don't worry about everything out there. Don't be anxious about any of the stuff. Because guess what? You have the one that you can go to about everything. All right? So stop worrying about that and stop focusing on this. Then he continues. Present your request to God. And... When you learn how to do that, when you stop worrying about the stuff out there and when you focus in on who you have with you, then, he says, the peace of God which transcends. I love that word, transcends. It means it's above everything. It just passes all of it. It's supremely high. It transcends all understanding because you might not even comprehend how this works, but it doesn't need your comprehension to work because it relies on Him. transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds, right? Remember what he says in 2 Timothy, God, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Because God, God will guard your hearts and your mind, but you have to be in Christ Jesus, right? That's what he's saying. Understand that there is someone who puts fear in its place. 
Understand who Jesus is. This is where peace comes from. It comes from a someone and not a something. You can't fill it with something when it's a someone. There's an assurance that comes from the someone. There is a fearless living when you know that God is with you. And that someone, Paul says, is Jesus Christ. That someone who can eliminate our fear. There's someone who can have us live with less fear, to fear less. So the important thing for understand is that we're never going to eliminate fear, but we can fear less when we lean into the one who's able to overcome everything. We're able to live a life of less fear. Because what's important is who is with us rather than what is out there. And so if I leave anything with you today, it's this. Lean into the one who has knowledge of everything when you have a fear of everything. Lean into the one who is able to be present with you regardless of the size of the storm. No matter what it looks like, Jesus is with us. As we went through our Christmas series, we talked about Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He is with us, church. No matter what the season is, no matter what it looks like, God is with us. And if we focus on Him, we can be less fearful. And we can actually live a life that has less fear in it. We can be fearless. Not fearless, but to fear less. Now I want to leave you with two questions. Number one is this. What has caused you to be anxious or fearful this week? How can you focus on the someone and not on the something? As, you, as, you, as we've seen today, Jesus' visual and oratory teachings about being less fearful. And he doesn't say eliminate it from your life, but he does say you can fear less. So how can you be less anxious this coming week? What are you worried about? What are you concerned about? What's causing you stress or anxiety? How can you focus your attention away from the situation and focus in more on God who's able to overcome every situation? What can you do? Can you spend a little bit more time reading a little bit about what Jesus did? Can you encourage yourself in some scriptures? Can you talk to someone? Can you call someone? Can you ask someone for prayer? Can you ask for a prayer request? There's all these things that we can do as Christ followers that will help us be less anxious. So many things that we can do to be less fearful. So what are you going to do about it if you're living this life that you're anxious and worried about? What are you going to do this coming week? Are you going to live the same way? Are you going to change something? How can you focus on the someone rather than the something? And number two, how can you learn to feel less moving forward? Right? Some of us might be living under constant fear and threat of something. 
And so you don't want to continue with that pattern. How can you change this pattern now that we have this information? How can you learn to feel less moving forward? What practical thing can you put in place? What is something that you can do this week that you want to institute that's going to be a habit or a habit-forming thing that will help you in your life? Because as we heard, God is with us. He wants to help us move forward. So what practical thing can you do? Maybe for you it's, it's attending a life group where once every two weeks you get life-giving flow of love into your life that's going to give you a boost. Maybe it's making sure that you're here every Sunday and not skipping out once in every, and coming once every blue moon because you want to hear and be encouraged and be uplifted. Maybe it's opening up your scripture more often and reading even if it's one verse a day and letting that verse become important in your life. What is something that you can do practically to help you focus in on God? Can we do that? Some of you, yes? Yes. You want to be less living under the power of fear? Yes. Yes. You want to fear less? Then let's be what Jesus asked us. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.